Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from Epicos Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more information about Epicos, please visit epicos.org. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Dave. I'm one of your pastors. It's a joy to be in God's Word today. We're going to pick it up in Acts 16. Bible that you brought with you, Bible in front of you, Bible on your smartphone. Welcome to those joining at our broadcast campuses or online. And uh, appreciate you braving the snow, daylight savings time. Where are we at with ending that? I don't know. Anyways, when I was in college, I used to get my hair cut at the cosmetology school in Minneapolis-St. Paul. I just want to clarify so you don't hear, I didn't go to cosmetology school. I think pretty evident by the way that I look. Um, but I used to go there to get my hair cut because it was dirt cheap. And, and the cosmetology school is a little bit different than other places. You walk in, and there's just kind of random chaos everywhere. And there's all these students who have their own little kind of booths, and you might see one person getting a haircut, one person getting their hair colored, another person getting their eyebrows done or a spa treatment or a mud mask or whatever's going on. And so you'd come in, and you'd tell them what you wanted. They'd write it down on a clipboard, and then they'd kind of, you know, usher you to the student. And you hoped, sometimes even prayed, that you'd get a student closer to graduation, Right? Because if the student showed up with the instructor and they were asking a bunch of questions, you knew you were going to look silly for a couple weeks, all right? And so I show up and they write my stuff down on a clipboard and they, they kind of show me to this thing and the, and the student comes over, no instructor, good sign, and she starts making chit-chat. She, she picks up the clipboard, she kind of looks at it. So then she kind of leans me back in the chair and kind of goes over and gets this cart and I don't think anything of it and all of a sudden she starts rubbing something on my forehead. And you know those moments where you know it's not right, but you don't know what to say yet? And, and so I'm thinking, like, how, when do I, st- I better stop this sooner rather than later. And I said, um, um, excuse me, yes, uh, what, uh, how do I politely ask, you know, what are you doing? Uh, what, are you, what are you putting on my face? She goes, well, I'm giving you the mud mask. And it wasn't just the mud mask, it was like the Himalayan revitalizing mud mask or what you know whatever the phrase was on it and, and I, <laughs> I kind of like uh I came for a haircut and she's like oh I'm so sorry you know and so she you know she's washing off my forehead and doing the whole thing and then I started to wonder like what about the person who thought they were getting the mud mask right and then they got the haircut and that's funny if it's a mud mask and a haircut but if the clipboard is you know like a medical chart very rare that it happens, but more serious, right? And even more serious than that is I think each and every one of us has, has a clipboard that tells us every morning kind of what we're about, what we're doing that day. And whether you realize it or not, you wake up and you look at the clipboard and you go, go to work and make some money. Okay, all right. And you get about it. Or, or maybe you look at your clipboard Get on Instagram and get as many likes as possible. All right? Or even worse, you stop looking at your clipboard and you're just kind of wandering through life and you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing and you're just putting one foot in front of the other. I just want to encourage you and remind you that God has a purpose for you. And as we look at the book of Acts, we're going to look at kind of what are some of the things that are true about us being called and living on mission. But I want to remind us 
that underneath all of this is the reality that you and I, once we begin a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we are not just invited into relationship, we are invited and called onto mission and to become part of the mission of God. And it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. This is, this is basically how Acts begins, Acts 1.8. You know, they ask him about the kingdom, and Jesus replies, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And, and this is part of, kind of, as you study Scripture, is this overarching theme of all of the Bible, of the mission that God is on. Right? When sin in entered the world and invaded the world and, and, and this curse came into the world, God has been working to redeem and restore since then. This is why we kind of say God the Father sent God the Son. Right? All throughout the book of John, we looked at the ministry of Jesus. He said, I came right? to seek and save the lost, to, to bring us back into right relationship with God. And then God the Son says he's going to send who? God the Holy Spirit. And that's what's happening here in, in the book of Acts. And then God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit send us, all disciples, the church. Jesus made this clear that we are sent ones. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Here at Epicos, we're a great commandment, great commission church. If you haven't heard that before, you can write that down. It's a great topic to talk about in your small groups this week. The great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the great commission happens at the end of every gospel, here at the, kind of in shortened form in the beginning of the book of Acts. But in Matthew, it says, go into all the world, right? Making disciples, baptizing them, teaching them, and I will be with you until the end of the age. The mission of God is not something that's unique to us. It's something that we're invited and called into and, and as we go and look at the, the rest of the book of Acts, I want to remind us that that's underneath it all. And so when we think about this, living on mission, this mission that God has given us, this living on mission means we must, we must be spirit-led. Be spirit-led. It's the first thing, if you're a note-taker, I want you to write that down. There's all sorts of places in the book of Acts where we see this. But there's some unique passages that really bring it to light, how dependent they are on the leading of the Spirit. And one of those places is in Acts 16. Let's pick it up there. Verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia in Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Binthia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go, go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, just a couple of things out of this. Notice the us and we language. This is Luke, the physician, is with Paul by this point, and he's an eyewitness to these events. By the way, some of us get hung up on place names like Phrygia and Galatia, and we don't like reading the Bible out loud. Just read it once loudly with confidence. Nobody else knows how to pronounce it. You're fine. But also notice, also notice 
how they're just sensitive to how God is leading. They wanted to go here and God shut a door. God wouldn't allow them and all this sort of thing. And so we see all throughout the book of Acts that, that the Spirit is leading the disciples in the church to certain places, to certain actions, to certain activities. That not just are they on mission in a general sense, but he is leading and prompting them to where they should go. How they should do the work and when they should bypass a place or, or, or do it at a different time. Here are just some of the ways that we see the Spirit working and leading in Acts. At Pentecost, the Spirit is poured out. And, and they're led to preach, and thousands believe God accompanies that with the, the miraculous gift of tongues, and, and people can hear in their own language. In Acts 2, the apostles' teaching is guiding the church. Right? They didn't have the full New Testament, but that was the beginning of that. The apostles' teaching is is the word, if you will. The Damascus Road experience in Acts chapter 9. The persecution in, in the, the murder of Stephen in Acts chapter 6 is actually circumstances that God uses to spread the gospel. We looked at that in week 1. The Cornelius vision in Acts 12, crazy supernatural way that God was guiding and directing. The Jerusalem council in Acts 15, an example of godly leadership being led by the Spirit and then instructing others. Prayer and fasting in Acts chapter 13. We looked at that last week just briefly. Here in Acts ch chapter 16, the closed doors, the, the prompts of the Spirit, the circumstances, the lack of peace. If we're going to live on mission, we need to be led by the Spirit. You know, uh, my wife Rebecca and I uh, spent almost seven years planting a church in Madison, Madison, Wisconsin. And when we were done we had raised up elders handed it off actually felt like god was leading us to move on and plant more churches they hi they hired another lead pastor i stepped out of that role and we were planning to move to portland and we felt like god was calling us to portland oregon and we had told the the school where our kids went we're moving to portland everybody knew and then through the process of that god shut every single door we had four different housing opportunities fall through in just weird crazy ways we finally got to very close to the moving day and we had to basically either cancel or postpone or just pack our whole family up in a moving truck and just hope we could figure things out when we got there which didn't seem wise to us right and we felt like god was shutting a door and we didn't understand why and we were very discouraged about that and the very next day out of the blue i received a phone call from pastor danny parmalee the guy who spoke last week, our founding and lead pastor, and he said, hey, are you really moving to Portland? And I said, well, not right now. <laughs> and he said, good, I want to talk to you. And it started a conversation where then God made clear that he was directing us to be part of the vision that God he had here at Epicos Church in Milwaukee. And God opens doors and closes doors and prompts and leads us. But, but the primary ways that we see here in the book of Acts God doing that is by his word, his people, and then finally by prompts of the Spirit or circumstance. The reason I share those things, and you might want to write them down because they're important and the order is important, we always get this mixed up. I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people who say, um, hey, God is telling me to do this. And when you really dig in, they're saying, I really want to do this, and I'm just putting the, the spiritual tagline on here, right? God's telling me to do this. Well, first of all, if it doesn't align with God's word, he's not telling you to do it, okay? God doesn't contradict his word. And so we have to start with his word, and there's so many clear 
commands and teachings from Scripture that we're still learning and growing and learning how to live out start there. But the next major way that God uses uh, His Spirit to lead us is through other people. This is one of the tremendous blessings of being in a small group. And if you haven't tapped into this and you're facing a major decision or, or a crossroads in your life, bring it to your small group. Ask them to pray with you about it and then even hear kind of as they pray about it, what God is saying to them and what they're observing from your life and how they might speak into you, right? Um, it, it's, it's important to, like, seek out godly counsel. That's why we have campus pastors. That's why we have, you know, staff pastors, and, and we're here, leaders, other small group leaders that, that you've known in the past, other godly people, you can go to them, you can seek their counsel, right? Um, but it's important to not let some of those opportunities pass you by either. If God is stirring up something in your heart, you need to pay attention to it. You can't just ignore it. Don't ignore the promptings of God. Specifically, some of you, I believe, right now are in the midst of being prompted to give your life to full-time Christian ministry. That's not all of us, but I think some of us we have felt this prompting, and it's time to take that next step. And I just want to make sure that you understand how this works and, and that it's confirmed by other people, right? And then there's usually a process. If it's a call to church planting, there's a church, plantment, uh, church plant assessment center or a missionary assessment center. There's a process around that. But the first step would be reaching out to Pastor Jacob, who kind of uh, is, the, is the person who's the point person for our global missions, and you can reach him at missions at epicos.org. I think we've got a slide with some of that info on. And this isn't, you won't be the first person. God has raised up other people, right? Uh, Luke and Eleni Hodgson, they, years ago, we commissioned them right from this platform. And they felt like God had called them to, to reach uh, people groups that did not have access to the gospel, and they've gone. Um, you know, and I just uh, got an update. They've, they've finally reached the point of storytelling in their language and they're going to be able to start sharing the gospel with the uh, Konamalan people group in Papua New Guinea. And, and this is after years of effort, right? So this isn't just like, hey, God's calling me to reach unreached people. I'm going to hop on a plane and go, right? But God will stir you up and prepare you. But it starts with this moment, right? And so I just want to say for some of you, God is stirring you up to church planting. He's stirring you up to overseas church planning. He's stirring you up to dedicate all of your vocational life to that. And that's not just a one-step process, but begin praying about that, thinking about that. We must be spirit-led. All right? It's not just our feelings. There's a process that goes along with that and ultimately aligns with God's Word. Second thing, if we're living on mission, it means we must be spirit-empowered. Not only do we see in the book of Acts people being spirit-led, they are empowered by the Spirit. The primary way, and I don't want us to miss this, is that they are empowered to remain steadfast. I'm not going to go into the narrative summary of the rest of the book of Acts. I hope that you're reading it. We have a, a great New Testament reading plan. 23 days, five pages a day, right? You can read through the New Testament multiple times. Let it wash over you, right? read about all the things that God does in the book of Acts. But if I were to summarize the book, the last part of the book of Acts is the Apostle Paul shows up to a town, starts telling people about Jesus. Some people believe and some people try and kill him until he's run out of town and goes to the next town 
and then tells people about Jesus, right, until some accept or some want to kill him, until finally he's arrested and sent to Rome, goes through a shipwreck, gets bit by a poisonous snake, still lives, ends up in Rome, and continues to preach the gospel. That's basically Acts, you know, 13, you know, through 28, right? There's more stuff, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it full justice. But part of what's happening is just a steadfastness despite more martyrdom, despite more persecution, despite more beatings and stonings and all of the stuff that the apostles have to go through. They remain steadfast, right? Just a quick look, 16, starting in verse 20, it says, And when they had been brought, they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These are the, the men, these men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely, right after they just got beaten. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, by the way, God miraculously broke them out of prison. Take a look at Acts 20, verse 1. After the uproar ceased, different city, different time. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said, farewell, and departed for Macedonia, right? Because he was, more persecution was coming. Flip over to, to 2133. Then the tribune came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He inquired who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd were shouting one thing, some another. And as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought into the barracks. And when he had came to the steps, he was actually carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd. For the mob of the people followed, crying out, away with him! And it just keeps going. He encountered opposition of all, all kinds, and he was empowered by God to remain steadfast. The most basic kind of empowerment we need day to day is to remain steadfast to not give up. Some of you just need to hear this. You can quit tomorrow, just not today. <laughs> just keep telling yourself that every day, right? We, we are called to be on mission, but part of being on mission is being steadfast, not being shaken by what's happening, not being bound up in fear, not being afraid of tomorrow or pressed down by our circumstances or our, our health or our illness or whatever it is. And I'm reminded here of Jesus' word, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That once we put our hand to discipleship and, and being on mission, that we should not turn back. And he doesn't leave us just hanging out there by ourselves. That's why he said, go to Jerusalem and you will be empowered. And the promise even of the Great Commission, go into all the nations, make disciples and teach. He says, and I will be with you. Right? There's this promise of this close helping and counseling that happens when the Spirit empowers us. I'm reminded of people right here at Epicos fighting through either a, a current bout with cancer or have gone through a cancer diagnosis and have, have recovered but are still dealing with the effects or, or some autoimmune disease or whatever the health issue, and they continue to press through. I, I think of my mentor, Phil, who is in the late stages of MS and his body is being crushed by a disease, and he continues to advance the kingdom with the small windows of energy that God gives him every day. 
I know that many of us have faced seasons where we have been pressed down and almost crushed, but God empowers us, and he is faithful. We just sang a song about this. He is not going to give up on you. He is going to see you through the end and even to the other side because his, his spirit empowers us to be steadfast. We're also empowered by the spirit to display the gospel. Last week, Pastor Danny talked about a transformed life, generosity, and forgiveness. The gospel working its way in our life will transform our life and will be on display. We will become a a community of, of generous people displaying generosity to the world around us. There will be supernatural forgiveness that's not explainable by human means. But there'll also be things like we see in the book of Acts. Miraculous signs and in, in, in healing, right? They, their multi-ethnic community displayed the gospel to a Roman world that didn't understand that. Hey guys, there's clear lines. We, we, don't, we don't cross these lines. And even in our culture, our diversity, it displays the gospel in a way to the world. There are so many different things that the gospel changes in our life and reorients that that shows that the Spirit is empowering us. As I've been thinking about this and and preparing for for this sermon this week, this phrase, it's not my phrase and I even forget where I heard it, has been kind of echoing in my mind. And, And some of you need to hear this. And if you're writing stuff down, I'd encourage you to write this down. If you're doing something else, pay attention. If you're in the, in your kitchen getting coffee, come back and listen to this. It's not about what you achieve. It's about what you receive. It's not about what you achieve. It's about what you receive. This is, in a sense, the heart of the gospel. And some of you are trying to achieve God's favor. You are trying to do enough good churchy stuff, right? Look at me, God. I'm praying more. I'm reading my Bible more. I've gone to church more. Look at me, God. And there's this process where we're trying to achieve God's favor. God doesn't let you achieve. We don't achieve our salvation. It is a gift. Jesus has achieved that through his death and resurrection. And what do we do? We receive it as a gift by faith. But also as we live this out, living on mission, this whole mission thing, is not about achieving. I'm not trying to tell you, hey guys, you just need to be better Christians this week. Let's get out there. Here's, you know, here's kind of an action list. No. It's not about achieving in this, I've got to earn God's favor or I've got to do more for God. It is about receiving this empowerment. When you look at the book of Acts, they are receiving the mission. They are receiving the call. They are receiving his power. They're receiving his direction. And they're just responding to what God is doing because it's not our mission, it's God's. But here's one thing that's the problem, is in order to receive, you have to have open hands. And some of you have your hands full with other things. Sin, distraction. You have the wrong clipboard. And you're looking at the wrong purpose. And a different mission is guiding your life. And until you have open hands and are willing to listen and receive from God. You can't. It's not about what you achieve. It's about what you receive. 
and that is the gospel. Basic way to do that is prayer. Prayer should be our first action, not our last resort. And I'm not talking about just going through the motions or praying for your meal, although those are good things, but just setting aside some time each and every day to pray. Living on mission means that we must be spirit-led and spirit-empowered. And I worked really hard, but the third point isn't spirit-something, okay? I think to live on mission, as we look at the book of Acts, it's be kingdom-focused. You could say spiritually kingdom-focused or something, but then it gets awkward. Just be kingdom-focused. I, I, I think that's, that's where this mission leads us to, is to be focused on the kingdom. When you look at the very end of the book of Acts, Paul has made his way to Rome. He's, he's been through all these different things. And, and, and pick it up. 28, starting in verse uh, 23. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them. So what's happening is he's under house arrest in Rome, and he's free to have people come to him and hear about the gospel. And so here he is. God has led him through imprisonment to the heart of the Roman Empire and begins to proclaim the gospel in the center city of, of civilization at the time. Okay? And all of these people are coming. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. Same pattern right? The aroma of life or the aroma of death. Then he kind of, they talk about some scriptures, jump down to verse 28. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen, right? It's not just the Jewish thing. It's now for all nations. Verse 30, he, Paul, lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. That's the end of the book of Acts. And it implies that not only is Paul kingdom focused, but the story continues. And that is in our lives, in, in, the, in the church history that has followed. But Paul is clearly here kingdom focused. You know, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we need to remain focused on the kingdom. I, I just want to as we get ready to kind of wrap things up here, share with you the faith story of Jeff and Ashley and how God kind of has worked in their life and how no matter where they are, they're living on mission for Jesus. Let's take a look. Hi, we're Jeff and Ashley Barcy. Um, I currently serve as the operations pastor for Epicos. But our history with Epicos started a long time ago. Um, in 2008, we moved here to attend a Bible school in preparation for going overseas as missionaries. And we became a part of Epicos back then. And then our journey led us to a lot of different places, including spending five years in China as missionaries. And now we're back here. And once again, being a part of the Epicos family since about 2020. So I knew that God was calling me into missions since I was a really little girl. It's just something that was always in my heart that I wanted to go and live overseas and tell people about Jesus. 
And for me, my call into missions really came as I met Ashley uh, in high school. Um, and I grew up as a believer going to church my whole life. Um, but it wasn't until I met her in high school that um, I heard about overseas missions for the first time. And so we knew as we went into marriage that we were going to do missions overseas together. So when we finally moved overseas in 2014, our goal was, long-term goal, was to plant a church among an unreached ethnic minority group, which basically just means a group of people with a unique language, a unique culture, and no access to the gospel whatsoever. So after moving uh, to China, we obviously didn't know how to speak barely even like a word or two. And it was a really hard, slow process for learning language. And I think that the hardest part for me personally was just the isolation because it was so long before I could actually have a real conversation with somebody beyond a very simple statement. And so for me, it was just really hard because it was um, just such a slow, long process to actually be able to talk with people and have real relationships. And so that's a long time to wait for that especially when you're an extrovert like I am. I think my biggest win uh, overseas was uh, when we got the opportunity to um, meet a local friend, but also develop the relationship to the point where we were able to start having um, spiritual conversations with them. There's this one guy, his English name was Andy, um, that I had known for you know uh, a couple years and finally getting to the point where we were able to share the truth with him in Chinese was awesome. Even thinking of back to that right now, just um, it sends shivers down my spine, so it's exciting. <laughs> We've always had a mindset that while people called us quote-unquote missionaries when we lived in China, um, we never really called ourselves that because we're just believers living our lives for the Lord and we believe that everyone has been called to share the truth and we're all called to do that whether you live here whether you live overseas it doesn't matter and so we saw ourselves when we lived in China as just people who were living in China um, who are believers who know that our call is to share truth with people who are around us and we see that as being the same here we're now believers living in Milwaukee and guess what I run into people all the time who don't know the truth and I have a, a call to share with them. And that call hasn't changed whether I live here or somewhere else. And so I think we continue to live on mission wherever we are because that's just who we are. And that's what the Bible says you're supposed to do. So um, I don't think it's really changed for us. I mean, our location has changed certainly and the language we're speaking in is different, right? But other than that, the acts are the same. What God is calling us to do hasn't changed and it never will. You and I are on mission here, there, everywhere. For some of you, you're just beginning to explore the claims of Christ, but understand that a relationship with Jesus reorients our life around King Jesus and his kingdom. This is what he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That the kingdom of God needs to be our top understanding, our top priority, worshiping King Jesus, and then being about the business of King Jesus. I'd encourage you right now, just, what, what, is that, what does that look like for you? Just write it down. I'd, we'd love to pray with you for this. Maybe it's just that one name, right? This is the person that I'm praying that God gives me an opportunity to talk about Jesus with or just pray that the gospel comes into their life. Maybe you're going to write down 
I want to talk to Jacob about, you know, going overseas and planning a church. Or maybe it's something else. What does it look like for us to get the right clipboard and start reading that, that we've been sent, that we're sent ones, and every morning waking up realizing, I might be going to a job, but I'm advancing the kingdom of God. You know, I might be working in, in my household, but I'm discipling and raising up the next generation. I, I might be an artist, but I'm, I'm glorifying God through the gifts that he's given me. I, I, might, I might be kind of stuck being raised up the corporate ladder, but I'm going to find myself in the heart of this corporation proclaiming and declaring the gospel to all who will listen. God has called us on mission. We can't be distracted. We need to stay focused. We need to have the right clipboard and orient our life around the mission of God. Let's pray. King Jesus, we thank you and praise you. And Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that that you initiated this by sending your Son. Lord, we thank you, thank you, Lord, for sending your Spirit to empower us and guide us. Lord, we, we pray that you would show us what we need to, to release out of our hands to receive from you. And that then you would give us the strength and the steadfastness to pursue you and live for you in all these ways. We pray these things in the name and power of Jesus Christ.